Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everybody. I am extremely happy to be back for a public episode of yet another joint Kraken, or even if you would like to call it a, a scientific analysis or deep dive into the global stories in addition to the science of what has been occurring um, all over the world. Now, for those of you that have said, you know, uh, Dave, where have you been? Seem, you know, it seems like uh, there's some things that uh, that seem a little bit, um, I guess you could say, suspicious. You're not as active as you once were with respects to the the public side of the show. Even uh, I, I will say that in the coming weeks and uh, in the very short amount of coming weeks, all of you folks will see and understand why that is the case, I can assure you. Um, now, with that said, we are joined here by our great friend and partner of the show, Riel. Riel, how you doing today? And if you'd like to share your screen to take it away, um, I will start with uh, the first story. I'm doing fantastic, Dave. Super honored, as always, to be here with you. Super excited for this report. I know that everybody's happy to see you as well. And yeah, let's get to it. So you've got the first story today. And just for the record, it's going to be mostly geopolitical and catching up on the world news. We're not focusing too much on the science of what's going on, but we definitely still have enough because it's been uh, about just over a week since we last did an episode. So Dave, first story is for you. Awesome, thank you so much. So first and foremost, according to vice.com, the Navy says that all UFO videos that are cl are classified and releasing them, quote, will harm national security, end quote. To a large degree, I would say, I would, to be honest with you folks, I would understand this with respects to if one delves into the scientific aspect of this topic, one may find that there are some legitimate concerns with respects to this type of technology. And what I mean by that is anti-gravitic, if you will. Um, many of you folks will see in the coming weeks as well why that is the case. Now, with that said, I don't think that is a uh, end-all, be-all blanket statement with respects to not releasing any of them. I think that if metadata is wiped, and I think that if there are certain videos that inhabit far more intricate detail within them, I think, in fact, they could be released. Now, with that said, I, I'm not on the inside of the Navy. I don't mean to speak on behalf of the Navy whatsoever, but we see here, and I quote, the Black Vault was seeking all videos, quote, with the designation of unidentified aerial phenomena, end quote. This, was, this is an interesting response from the Navy because often military agencies will issue a so-called Glomar response where they neither confirm nor deny that the records exist and refuse to say anything more. In this response, the Navy is admitting that it has more videos and also gives a rationale for releasing three previous UFO videos. So again, end quote. Again, we see, for example, that I'm going to cut through the, the, the I'm going to separate the wheat from the shaft of my personal perspective. I could be wrong, but I'll break it down for you very simply, folks. I think what's occurring behind the scenes is a um, is a is a uh, I guess you could say a strategic dogfight, if you will, uh, between different factions of various agencies, um, the Navy being one of them amongst others. And I think what we're seeing here is a, um, a push to not have so much disclosed, because if it is, then it would have people questioning, and God forbid that happens with respects to the overall apparatus in which we're living in. So again, um, it's quite political. I don't mean to use that as a, again, a justification to cover all of this up. I think that there is still quite a bit that can be released at this very moment that would certainly, um, unfortunately, though, for the ones that want this covered up, and I say unfortunately with air quotes and sarcastically, releasing any more will only bring more inquisitiveness and even curiosity from those that are not interested in this subject. So that's where I stand on that. And I'll, I'll leave it there. Right on, Dave. Yeah, that deliberately started with this article because, you know, we got to go back to the fundamentals of the channel with the UFO secrecy and cover up. And I just wanted to add on that this was kind of a main concern from the uh, con congressional hearings. 
this was what we kind of were worried about. But we're glad that they're not going immediately for the citizen journalists that are trying to talk about this. They're just saying that they're going to maintain the secrecy. It's like, okay, fair enough. That's what we expected. So on to the next one. From Al Jazeera, the United Nations says 50 million people worldwide are stuck in modern slavery. Between the pandemic, armed conflicts, and climate change, they have exacerbated conditions, trapping people in forced labor or marriage. Uh, yeah, this is pretty devastating when you think about that. 50 million people. I do wonder uh, if it's even more than that. But of course, the emphasis for me is the situation being exacerbated by the pandemic, which worsened conditioned and swelled debt levels for many workers. Also, I want to point out that the UN had a goal to eradicate all forms of modern slavery by 2030. But the number of people caught up in forced labor or forced marriage ballooned by 10 million between 2016 and 2021. So just pointing out that they were, it's like they're using the slavery uh, number uh, goal with their agenda, obviously agenda 2030, sustainable development goals. So I just wonder the connections there. And I think we're learning more and more that the uh, pandemic, uh, the response of the pandemic has only made things worse and was not the right thing. And I'm very curious to see how, if people end up admitting it, but Dave, anything you want to add here? I true actually, to tell you the truth, I was going to say the exact same thing as you, as you were. So I'll just leave that right there. Right on. Um, hey. The next thing is that according to Catholic world report, Pope Francis has instructed the Va Vatican entities to move all funds to the Vatican bank by September 30th. What's interesting about this is there have been some people, and I will come out and say it from a spiritual or energetic perspective, regardless of what, you know, a, a train of thought or line of, um, of, of uh, you could say, energetic pursuit one follows. A lot of people have been talking about certain dates uh, within the month of November being something that may in fact be some type of uh, energetic shift, if you will, of this type of sort. And I don't mean to be overly vague, but it's quite interesting when you see a lot of the major institutions of the world, institutions that have been alleged, I want to say that here, alleged to um, co have cooperated in the, the cover-up of a lot of different, uh, I guess you could say, incredible benevolent discoveries are the ones responding to this in kind. Now, I'm not trying to say there is a direct correlation there, but I think it is something that we can speculate on and, and safely say, well, okay, you know, again, is there something going on within a particular scientific state, if you will, that has created a um, a chain of events to occur globally, whether it's with the the UN, the WEF, the Vatican, and so that's where my mind goes with this uh, in in particular. But that's where uh, that's where I'll leave it myself. How about how about you, Rio? Absolutely, and this seems to be uh, compounding from the previous reports that we've seen that the Vatican has properties all over the world, and they're valued at much higher than 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 pre than have ever been reported because it was never public before. And this goes in line with the Pope apologizing to the indigenous people of Canada for the atrocities and abuses. And well, here's the bank, here's all the money. Maybe this is going to be part of the reparations. So we're seeing their their publicly funded stuff. And then maybe soon it's going to go to part of the apology. But anyway, yeah, great, greatly said, Dave. And on to the next one. This is a brief one. The Queen in Canada, uh, the Queen in Canada, 22 visits during her reign. Uh, as we know, she passed away very recently, but I just wanted to do this article because of the significance of 22 visits during her reign. Where have we seen this number before? Well, if we looked at the principles of the, the fundamentals of Kabbalistic cosmogony from Secret Teachings of All Ages, 
22, there are 22 paths in the tree of life. And the 22 is a very significant number in the esoteric world. So seeing this number so blatantly in regards to the passing of the queen and how her life was set up to have 22 official visits, to me, that's some uh, cryptocracy at play at its finest. But uh, I'm also going to just do this next one because I kind of lumped a few of them together. So uh, as we know, the queen passed. And the next one is Charles III, formally proclaimed king. Princes William and Harry appear together. So King Charles III was formally proclaimed sovereign of the United Kingdom on Saturday, as officials unveiled details of the meticulously choreographed ceremonies that will culminate in the state funeral of his mother. So when I reported on the queen dying uh, at the last Kraken, it was like all these questions, what's going to happen, we're going to see. And here we have King Charles as being appointed the uh, next leader. And just, I'm going to do this one as well. And then Dave, it'll be you after this. But here is from the New York Post talking about King Charles's infamous black spider memos, which will affect his leadership. I had never heard of this before. So I was very curious as to what it means to for the uh, black spider memos. The, um, so we'll just say King Charles, he has passionate views on everything from organic farming to climate change, education to modernist architecture. And for years, the monarch has refused to keep them to himself, ignoring protocol that requires the British Royal family to remain neutral. The heir to the throne was previously dubbed the meddling prince for making his views known to elected officials in Britain on in March, 2022, he publicly publicly called the Russian invasion of Ukraine, a brutal aggression years earlier. He referred to the head of state as uh, comparing him to the Nazi leader Adolf Hitler when Russia annexed Crimea. But the point of this uh, Black Spider memo is they found a series of letters that Charles had written to former British Prime Minister Tony Blair and other legislators, which were revealed in public after a decade-long legal battle, dubbed the Black Spider Memos, a cachet of 27 letters, 10 of them were handwritten by the prince, included a September 8th, 2004, missive lobbying Blair to call Badgers and ignore the Badger lobby in the UK. So this whole, you know, find it very fascinating that they call it the Black Spider memo because of all the ominous uh, stuff that we well, relate if could, to. If I could say, and I'll be the Please. one to say it, not to sound like a salesperson here, but for those that have been on the Patreon for the past couple months, we covered some of that, that, that direct or, you know, uh, circumstantially direct correlation to the to the nazi uh the the uh, i guess you could say the black sun occult and things like yes. this as well as the potential correlations to certain star forts around the world as well yes. again uh circumstantial uh anecdotal if you will uh pieces of evidence granted yes but um evidence nonetheless within certain contexts of situations so it, it makes one think so that, that's my... as well as throwing that out there you you included the uh black spider sculptures in one of the patreon episodes and that was fascinating so like and which uh, we can't talk about that here but when you go into the like you know the deeper meanings of what that reflects and then have this called the black spider memos it's like okay so yeah what what is really going on but uh okay so this is for you here we see here, according to ctvnews.ca, this is a Canadian story, the Rogers outage has sparks, uh, sparked a deal in Canada between major telecoms, so telecommunication companies. Um, so basically, I'll sum this up for everybody. There, in the past two years, there's in, for anyone that's a Canadian who has been with them, there are a handful of, of mobile carrier providers, as well as we could say um, infrastructure providers, for whether it's for cable TV, whether it's for banking, wire transfers, you name it. And 
it is of my humble opinion that there has been a, I guess you could say, under the table, um, uh, I guess, conspiring to ensure that this particular company, Rogers, in, you know, just so happens to win a not maybe not all, but a good chunk of the contracts that were attributed, whether with it's with telecom or with, um, you know, even for crying out loud, uh, uh, radio and things like this in certain cases. So ultimately, what we see is that um, we find this company Rogers, and for those that are outside of Canada, was essentially monopolizing the market. Um, they were buying up companies, and which again, that's not for me to say one direction or the other. But what they were doing that started to tick me off was they were essentially lobbying Canadian politicians to ensure that no American telecommunication company could enter the Canadian market, therefore driving down the price. So what recently happened was a uh, banking, why, uh, we call it in Canada, e-transfer, electronic transfer system, because in Canada, we're not, uh, at least personally, uh, I'm not allowed to have Venmo. I can have PayPal, but not Venmo and some of the American services. What happened was Rogers went down and also coincidentally, the same day they went down, no one can send anyone that was using the Rogers network could not send an interact uh, electronic transfer, which was give or take half the country. So that started to create a lot of issues. Now, Riel, if you want to jump in, if I'm missing anything, but that's uh, as, as I said. Well, yeah, you summed that up very well. But the most recent thing with when Rogers went out, uh, the issue was that people could not call 911 because Rogers had the deal with the Canadian government. So they had the monopoly, not on just texting, but Thanks. emergency services. And so as as the article says, that the, the member from the cab... Uh, Trudeau's government, Champagne, uh, met up with the CEO of Rogers, and they had to say, okay, if this happens again, we cannot, we have to change something. So it's kind of like all the guys at the top get together quietly at, you know, at a restaurant, and they all make agreements. It's kind of like, quote, unquote, real power, dare I say, within certain contexts, not all resides within a handful of individuals making definitive decisions that then ripple out to the rest. So well, but, but yeah, but that sounds like you're talking about like fascism or something or corporates, corporations, gonna, government, and that's not it. a thing because we live in a democracy. So uh, you're, you're talking crazy. Thank you there, very maybe. much for correcting me, Riel. I appreciate yeah. that so much. Uh -huh. is, uh, this is uh, sure. Uh, actually, we'll do this one just to keep it in line with the Canadian theme here. So Canadians are hurting, says Polly Evra, who is fighting for the working class in his first caucus speech. So the uh, for folks that are outside of Canada, even in Canada, the Conservative Party of Canada just elected a new leader. His name is Pierre Polyevra. So to compare it to the American system, it's the liberals and conservatives uh, compared to the Democrats and Republicans. So Polyevra is now the face of the Conservative Party. So this is a very interesting one because he actually has been an outspoken critic of the mandates, of the restrictions. I mean, anybody can criticize Trudeau. That's not that hard. He's also criticized the WEF, and he's actually brought it up. Uh, so he's actually one of the few people that actually has been in a position to say, where is the money coming from? I remember this in Parliament. He asked, where is the money coming from that, that the Canadian government is using to bail everybody out, essentially? And nobody had an answer. But not to say that he's, you know, uh, somebody that I am supporting. It's just interesting that he actually was doing it. So. You know, it's it's just interesting to see where this goes. But I do just want to chime in because I've been paying pretty close attention to this one. And Polly Evra, as a conservative leader, is more worried about 
losing votes to the emerging People's Party of Canada than he is to losing votes to the NDP or the Liberals. So the NDP and Liberals on the left side, but on the right side of things, people are leaving the Conservatives to go join this new right-wing party because they are fundamentally against all mandates, all passport, uh, like all the, the V passports, um, and against WEF, IMF, the globalist stuff. So he's actually trying to go full on right, right wing, not in the extreme sense, but just totally about minimal government. And it's interesting to just see like in, in Canada, there's a movement of people just getting away from the liberals and conservatives altogether. So he's trying to bring them back into it. We'll see where it goes. But yeah, um, that's it. Dave, you want to say anything on that? No, no, I you your your fingers on the pulse there, and I'll leave it there. I trust you with that. Um, the next thing is that Apple unveils its iPhone 14, according to CTVnews.ca, with satellite SOS Ultra Watch for outdoors. Um, apparently, this has been quite a big and significant software upgrade or jump as I sort of sifted through the news earlier this morning prior to this recording. What's quite peculiar about all of this is we see as well that, well, it's again, Apple has always been allegedly at the forefront, if not of technology, then definitely of branding and marketing. So again, um, many have said that this is the most uh, significant jump since ios 6 to ios 7 but we see here thank you Ralph, for highlighting for those watching visually quote the outdoor focused products will test whether apple's relatively affluent customer base will keep spending in the face of rising inflation so again we see that it becomes a bit of a complex system with respect to the overall apparatus if you have people at the top that may or may not want to potentially or unpotentially you know create damage to certain uh we could say economic systems on a global scale, it becomes a little bit more difficult to do that when you have the companies at the top being directly affected by it, right? Especially when those guys at the top, a lot of them may or may not be the buddy buddies of certain politicians. Um, if we could scroll back up very quickly, if that's all right, to the highlighted one here, quote, other companies are working on similar functions. SpaceX founder Elon Musk said last month it is working with T-Mobile to use its Starlink satellites to connect phones directly to the internet, end quote. I'll leave that there. This is the big one for me, honestly, with the, the latest upgrades, like talking about it's connecting to satellite SOS. It's like clearly they you, we know that they incrementally release the technology when they've had it stored for, for decades. And the next the next model is like, well, how can we go a little bit closer so that, you know, Elon Musk with the Starlink, your phone here. It's yeah, just this well, interconnectedness I mean, web of of artificial consciousness connectedness something well like if that. you see for example that in 2010 the iphone 4 had a gyroscope that was a huge huge deal at the time um we see for example that if for those that are on the patreon the gen z patreon there's been a history of development where the gyroscope in its in various sizes forms and and purposes and technicalities was dare i say maybe not mass mastered but certainly able to have been put in a phone far prior to 2010 so again to, to your point Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see. Okay. Already did that one. Okay. Here we go. So from the, the Jerusalem post rebuilding Ukraine after Russian invasion may cost 350 billion experts say, uh, the expert is from the world bank regional country director for Eastern Europe. He says the findings are based on a very strong internationally accepted methodology without even reading this article, build back better. 
This is literally the game plan is to destroy a country and then put in the infrastructure just like they did in Iraq and Afghanistan. You outsource the contractors. You you get all these corrupt uh, engineering firms and all that and spend all this money. And then you build it the way that you want to have control of it. And they're probably going to make this a smart city, resilient, uh, smart country, resilient country, something like that. And of course, you know, the World Bank is directly involved with all of these things. And it I, I love it that they say, internationally accepted methodology trust the science just trust the internationally uh the the consensus reality of the geopolitical experts and that's that's really it that i don't even we don't even need to go into it i couldn't agree more <laughs> yeah right on okay the next thing is that according to the new york post putin faces calls to resign from russian city officials over the ukraine war we see for example that again as with any and again this is where one could argue whether loosely or strongly the correlation with respects to a human system or apparatus whether it is an organized crime group whether it is a government whether it is a private business whether it is a dare i say even a terrorist cell uh, we see for example that again it is humans interacting with other humans so the reason i say that is because if we look at this big picture Picture. My humble opinion is one of two things, and I'm not saying this is good nor bad, but Putin is going to essentially go for those that are um, trying to, uh, I guess you could say, take him out, if you will, uh, whether that is an actual assassination or whether that is just simply removing him from power. Uh, he will, you know, someone like this, and I'm not saying for better or worse, but someone like Putin, in my view, always has uh, plans that, you know, backup plan on top of backup plans at hand. Um, Ultimately, there comes a point where I think you can only have so many backup plans until it comes down to just trusting your inner circle of your team. Um, but at that point, again, that's uh, I guess you could say that's the name of the game in intelligence, if you will. So now with that said as well, I also want to mention and I say this very carefully, it's also quite possible um, that this is a um, a we could say piece of information used to create distrust and i when i say piece of information i refer to this article in particular now that does not mean that i am trying to allude to this article being false but it it makes one view something from a slightly different perspective that again sometimes you know we, we see it happen on both sides countries will put out articles to dissuade or create issues within the higher echelon levels of the countries they're attempting to target i'm not saying that is the case here but it's definitely something we need to uh I think focus on and, and and look at if you will. So that's my my two cents there. So okay, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. And just in real time, I'm reading this article, and it, this whole thing is being reported by Radio Free Europe. So saying earlier this week, municipal deputies in Moscow's Lomonosovsky district demanded Putin step down, claiming that his aggressive stance has plunged Russia back into the Cold War era. Reported Radio Free Europe. In my head, I'm thinking of all the covert CIA operations that were established all over the world to spread deliberate propaganda and disinformation. So what is this? Well, Radio Free Europe Liberty is a United States government-funded organization that broadcasts and reports news, information, and analysis. And there we go. So the main source that they're using in this thing is uh, Western disinformation, essentially. So... But what you said, Dave, is, is perfectly spot on and segues excellent into this one. Russia post Putin. What happens if the president suddenly dies? Like, just to have this out there, like, honestly, we don't even need to read more of this article because like you just said, there's all these contingency plans in place in case something happens. But I find it fascinating that 
they talk about, oh, he needs to step down. And well, what if he suddenly dies? What are we going to do? I want to and- say as well that it's just as likely that, you know, for example, that the story like this may run on um, Biden in China, for example. So I, I don't claim to lean in either Correct. direction. It's yeah. just a good yeah. thing to note that tactics are used against one another constantly in my humble view. But sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's just to bring it up in the, the consistency in these stories it's like yeah this is from al jazeera though so it's not like a cnn story but like you said you know the ccp's news would say the same thing about biden and all that but just find those very connected and here uh for you the next thing is that according to the jerusalem post uh the russia ukraine war pope francis urges for the end of world war quote today we are living through a world war let us stop please end quote pope francis said on Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, I, I okay, I don't want to immediately dismiss this as well. Okay, we can argue that the same person speaking on behalf of not just the Vatican, but arguably as some say God, if you will. And I don't mean that as an insult, but one could say that's quite ironic considering the institution the Pope is associated with and the role. That's why I laughed. Right, I'm right, sorry right. if that was rude, but yeah. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I, I just say that for those that, again, are trying to view this uh, in, in various uh, aspects of the, of, of, of the world. But ultimately, we see that in, in, at least in my humble perspective, and I think Rio would probably agree here, that we look at this and it's kind of like, okay, on one hand, it's we can argue the Vatican is partly the reason, if anyone reads the literature and does their, their own research, is part of the reason that a lot of these, re, not just technologies, but pieces of knowledge have been suppressed. But as well, um, at the same time, one could say, okay, well, you know, to play devil's advocate, Dave, this was a very corrupt institution established many hundreds uh, of years ago. And so, you know, it's hard when you come into the role as a pope or a cardinal or a bishop to suddenly want to just change everything without fearing getting killed. And, you know, again, I'll, I, I don't know. Um, it's tough because the more one, uh, the more any group or body spirals into a form of corruption, uh, the harder it is to get out of it. So I'm not saying that with respects to the Vatican. I'm just saying that in general, but I would attribute that to an ironic statement, uh, or at least personally interpreted as by me as an ironic statement made by the Pope. But again, um, that's where I stand personally. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just uh, a little caught up by his eyes, to be honest. Just, they just look very dark. And I mean, we could just do an episode on the symbolism of the Pope's attire and all that, but that's not what we're here on the Kraken to do. But just for the audience, just keep in mind of the sacred symbolism and perverted symbolism that these institutions use. Next up, we have from Al Jazeera, Trump lawyers reject Justice Department probe as misguided. The former U.S. president's legal team says court freeze on government review of records seized at Mar-a-Lago should persist. Yeah, this has been an interesting story. Um, I really haven't been keeping up to date. There's been so many updates every single day. And it's like, he says this, he says this. I did like the one where his documents were actually about the sex life of Macron, the French president, which I, I did report on. So the idea that his he actually had dirt on other political leaders, and that was the reason for the raid. But of course, there's still the UFO file aspect of things. Did he take stuff? Now they're also talking about that it was a nuclear secrets of other countries, but I personally don't subscribe to the whole nuclear threat narrative, so that doesn't really do it for me. I kind of am leaning towards it. Yeah, he probably has secrets on the like blackmail, that he's got like some Epstein-esque Maxwell kind of 
blackmailed well, see, this is where this is where i go to as well my mind jumps to you know i saw a, an article this morning I, I forgot which publication but it was saying you know uh you know quote unquote experts say and i'll i giggle at that but whatever experts say you know it seems like the trump <laughs> organization is trying to stall this investigation till after the 2022 midterms and to be honest with you um regardless of my personal political views I, I I couldn't agree more because again, one both sides are playing chess here. They will use as many avenues to their advantage as possible. That doesn't make them good nor bad. But again, I, I, I see that that line or way of thinking, if you will, seems to be absent and potentially arguably deliberately absent from the establishment media, almost as if they want to invigorate a far more emotional response. So at the end of the day, look, is the Trump administration uh, you know, stalling or the Trump organization? Possibly, I don't consider that bad nor good. It's just, again, it is a um, a movement, it is a resource, it is a tool that is being used against, again, the, in this case, uh, certain elements of whether the Democratic Party, you name it. Um, we see, for example, if we reverse to before Trump came into the picture, we see Dick Cheney and his daughter Liz Cheney on CNN in 2014 or 15 talking about, you know, trashing Obama, saying, you know, Obama was the, um, you know, the worst, he's done the worst damage ever. Like, you know, and what I'm trying to say is I don't agree or disagree with that. What I'm trying to say is the tactics are always used. It's just that seemingly the basic normal attacks that they would use before Trump came into the picture didn't seem to work on Trump this time around. Now, I'm not trying to say that in a supportive or unsupportive manner, but it seemed like it took a little more to try and get at him. And it still seemed, I mean, for example, a lot of people have said, you know, have you seen uh, since the Mar-a-Lago raid, the Trump, uh, the, the donations for his upcoming campaign have only increased. So again, um, I see- It's like it when you try to silence somebody, they only get more popular. Well, it, well, this is like something I think Jordan Peterson said on Joe Rogan three, four years ago, uh, maybe five years ago at this point, actually, where he said he goes, well, uh, and this was this was actually before there was still the buildup, but before the, you know, all of the, you could say the the political divisiveness at this at this um, climate now, but P Peterson would say, the more controversial interviews I conducted with respects to, you know, questioning and things like this, the more my Patreon grew. So you know, mm -hmm. what does that tell you? That That's where I stand. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the next one, uh, is this you or me? Okay, so a uh, Syrian doctor gathering intel for the Mossad captured in Lebanon. This is from the Jerusalem Post. And just for the, the Jerusalem Post is having some very juicy stories over the past little while. It's actually one of my favorite sources of open source information. I find it to be a much broader range of understanding the geopolitics of world orders because they're, you know, to be getting news actually about the Mossad. It's really one of the only sources you can go to for that. But so the story says the doctor was posing as an employee of a fictitious company that claims to purify Syria's waters. The doctor reportedly gathered intelligence significant to Israel's security. And really, again, we don't even need to go more into it. We can dissect that story. But like they ask, how did the Syrian doctor begin allegedly working for Mossad? But really, what I just wanted to point out is the fake company that the, that the doctor was allegedly working for. That stuff that we've talked about so much on the Patreon and even the public episodes. Uh, but what they say is that the project manager offered to bankroll a cement factory owned by the doctor's father and began to communicate with his family in the hopes of recruiting them. 
So just to, it goes to show you that, you know, it's not a conspiracy about how all of these things work, that organized crime, governments, intelligence agencies, corporations, they're all working with each other. Uh, I, I've done some deep dives on Dose of Reality on the Patreon about certain local politicians and their financial dealings and all that. But yeah, Dave, do you have anything to um, share with this, this one? This is this is tit for tat chess game intelligence. I'll just leave it there. That's yep. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So this the next thing is that according to Al Jazeera, suspects to face trial in October for Cypriot passport scandal. The defendants, including former president of the Cypriot or Cypriot parliament, forgive me if I butchered that, were exposed by Al Jazeera's investigative unit. Uh, the former president of the Cypriot parliament, Dimitris Siloris, and three others will face a criminal trial next month over a cash for passport scandal exposed by Al Jazeera's investigative unit, a court has ruled. Um, Again, so the country of Cyprus, just so people know, you. that's just what you call somebody from Cyprus. Perfect. Thank you. Again, um, I, I will say the again, uh, it's it's humans, be, humans being humans. And I don't mean to use that as a dismissal of any of this, but rather, I mean, this is you can call it a quid pro quo. You can call it trying to make money on the side. This has always been a, a thing. It's just in my humble opinion, this time they got caught. So that's where I stand. I could be wrong, but absolutely. And it also does feel like a whole thing of uh, rules for thee, not for me. So of course, if you have the money, you're the elites. No, 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 you don't need to be locked down. No, you don't need to do any of that. You just, uh, if you got the money, yeah, yeah, you can do whatever you want. That's pretty much what it is. The US military plans to open testing facility in Saudi Arabia from the Jerusalem Post. Uh, Jerusalem Post. Back in July of this year, during President Joe Biden's visit to Saudi Arabia, the two countries agreed on the importance of stopping Iran from acquiring a nuclear weapon. So this story, uh, the facility is currently being referred to as the Red Sands Integrated Experimentation Center, and it is an innovative approach to training and readiness between our Middle East partners and the United States. So I just... This one with the United States and Saudi Arabia working together more, uh, especially after this is from September 10th, maybe a bit insensitive to the 9-11 people that died uh, to can have I, this. Can I take it one step further? Is that Prince, is that Prince Al-Walid there in the picture, if I'm not mistaken? Or am I? Um, I see. I, I unfortunately oh, don't Mohammed know bin Salman. Oh. Excuse me. Mohammed yeah. bin Salman. There we go. Not Al-Walid. What am I saying? Um Mohammed bin Salman, if I'm not mistaken, um, I could be wrong, but I don't think so, was very close with Epstein. And yes. we know, for example, that Epstein uh, allegedly was a Mossad agent. Uh, it's almost like uh, perhaps one route amongst many others is Epstein was gathering dirt on, say, perhaps Mohammed, maybe, for, uh, say, Israel or the Mossad to then ensure the United States does what other interests may want. I don't know. Perhaps. Sure. Yeah. And then who That's, knows I, again, how much I could, of... be, I could be very wrong, but yeah. Yeah. And the, it's a military testing facility that they're just the most vague name of Red Sands Integrated Experimentation Center. Like, I, okay. Yeah. There's, there's so much to unpack with this one, but just the timing of 9-11 with what you brought up with the Epstein ties to me, it's just like this, they could have just been a little more mindful of declaring that they have this new uh, agreement without getting too deep into the 9-11 conspiracy stuff. But uh, we're going to skip that one because that's annoying. So this one's for you. 
According to RT.com, hundreds of secret NATO documents leaked the data's reportedly for sale on the dark web after Portugal's, uh, Portugal's general staff was hacked. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to leave this there because the outlet source, and I quote, claims that it was the U.S. and Intel community that found hundreds of confidential or secret NATO documents put up for, excuse me, sale on the dark web. According to the report, the notice on the discovery was sent directly to Antonio Acosta, the nation's prime minister, last August. Um, a spokesperson for the U.S. Embassy in Lisbon would neither confirm nor deny, saying they do not comment on intelligence matters, end quote. Again, we're seeing the intelligence operations being far more, uh, I guess you could say, exposed or coming to light, if you will. Now, one could argue very strongly, you know, this is reported by RT. They're always going to try and take a jab at the West. With that said, granted, we also have to keep in mind that arguably the outlets in the West would never report on this either. So it's kind of trying to use your own discernment to find that middle ground. Um, that's that's where I go in, in this regard. Uh, absolutely. And we do have to always keep in mind that it is RT News. So even if you post an article on Facebook from RT News in Canada, they will say, are you sure you want to say that post this? Because we are our, our experts say that this is sponsored by the Russian government. But this is an interesting just side note, brand new article that just came out. The European Union aid money drying up due to Ukraine, says Bill Gates. We're not going to get into that. That was just one of the top stories on RT News. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, we're going to go to this one and then we're going to conclude with, uh, we've got about four more and then we're going to be wrapping up. But here we have local elected official arrested in the U.S. journalist killing. The murdered Las Vegas journalist had reported extensively on allegations against the county public administrator. Police have arrested a local county official for the murder of Las Vegas Review Journal investigative reporter Jeff German. Robert Tellis, a 45-year-old public administrator of Clark County in the U.S. state of Nevada, which includes the city of Las Vegas, was taken into custody on Wednesday after police searched his home. So turns out that he was his, his fingerprints were found and he is being associated with the killing of a journalist that was digging up dirt on the politician. So this the theme of today's Kraken is kind of like, you know, there's very like the the minute details of the corruption that's going on and things coming to light of how of of people like really getting caught. It's almost as if this has been going on for decades and decades and decades, passports, uh, killing scroll, people. But... If you scroll down a little more, Rio, to your point, I want to say, um, let's see here, right there. Um, German 69 had reported extensively, and I quote, on allegations relating to administrative bullying favoritism and Telly's relationship with a subordinate in the office, which handles the property of people who die without a will or family contacts. The reporting preceded Telly's loss in the Democratic primary in June, which ended his re-election bid, end quote. Again, to your point. Yeah, absolutely. And just that's, yeah, uh, yeah obviously very sad and, and people shouldn't be punished for being journalists for doing the reporting. And that's honestly what we're doing with reporting the news. We're kind of auditing what's going on in the world. Um, and it is just a very sad and unfortunate state to see that people that are trying to report on the truth are not only being censored, but actually becoming expired from the people that don't want to be found out. So this one's for you here. The next thing is that according to Korean Time or koreatimes.co.kr, young farmers see opportunities in smart farming. We see here, um, and I quote, Farming used to, used to be about working endless hours in the sun, def defined by repetitive time-consuming labor that goes on for days or months. It was rarely associated with creating high um, 
or added value, the key criteria for determining an industry's contribution to the advancement of the economy. We see here that, again, and I quote, at the touch of a button, practically everything is manageable, said Shinna Ra, a 23-year-old farmer who owns a smart strawberry farm in Sangju, north, um, sorry, if you could scroll up a little more. Perfect. North uh, Gyeongsang province, end quote. So again, it's interesting to see the younger generation say enough with this, um, with the, with this suppression and covering up of things for the sake of just profiting at the top. If we can help everyone, then by definition, we help ourselves grow too. So that, that's where I stand on this. Sure. And my mind, actually, I included this because I went in a little bit of a different direction with smart farming. Like the agriculture sector is now being taken over which we know it's been for a very long time by the uh, fat, the bio surveillance state and the United Nations Agenda 2030, all of those things, smart cities, smart farming now. So this may be for the greater good. This may be that they're actually producing better crops and better fruit, but it does concern me a little bit that they're calling it smart farming. You shouldn't be having dumb farming, but uh, yeah, we're... We're not going to have the time to go too deep into this one, the September 11th, what went wrong. Uh, I'm going to reserve that for another Kraken just because I want to actually go deeper into that. But here we, we're going to end on a few, uh, two COVID articles, just kept them for last because, you know, we wanted to get all the fun stuff out of the way. But first we have scientists find the CV-19 antibodies that can make boosters unnecessary from the Jerusalem Post. Researchers at Tel Aviv University found two antibodies that neutralize all known strains of CV-19 with up to 95% efficiency. Like, okay. And it, it's like when when uh, Gupta, Sanjay Gupta, asked Anthony Fauci about the studies out of Israel and and uh, that talked about myocarditis in kids and and the efficiency of things. And, and oh, she said uh, he had no Fauci, comment. He had, he had he didn't. He's like, well, we'll look into that. You know what? That's a good point. We'll have to look into it. And it's like they just completely ignore things that are coming out of the world leader in the vaccination campaign of Israel. Like these guys were the first countries to get everybody, everybody taken the shot, and now they're actually coming up with science to talk about how it's going, and we're completely ignoring it. So I just wanted to bring this one up because this is something that anybody can share to anybody that's, you know, pro lockdowns, pro mandates. And it's like, well, actually the latest things say otherwise. And I, but... and I, I stand, I stand with respects to the whole, to each individual's own decision personally. But again, think, uh, I highly encourage to uh, think for yourselves, research, research for yourselves and, um, and, and yes, yeah, that's that's where I stand. Yeah. And um, this is our last one for the day. And it's a bit somber, but it's sure. just the way it is. You want me to take it or you want You, you, you got want it. To? Sure. So according to uh, ctvnews.ca, again, Canadian outlet, um, long COVID's link to suicide, scientists warn of hidden uh, crisis. Uh, we see here that... Uh, <gasps> Before you go, the graph says 96. What was the age that she passed away on? Uh, she was 96 years old. And she passed. So that's just, I find that interesting. That's Sorry, interesting. Continue. Um, we see here that, um, okay, the 50, Scott Taylor never got to move on from COVID-19. The 56-year-old, and I quote, who caught the disease in spring 2020, has still not recovered um, about uh, 18 months later when he had killed himself at his home near Dallas, having lost his health, memory, and money. And yeah, and to be honest, like this is more of like an opinion piece by Reuters but I just right. really wanted to include it because now they are like well, straight up linking. 
it stands called. right it stands to say again is there some validity that is not again and I, to be very neutral uh, if you will um that is not to say that the uh i guess you could say the lockdowns were quote unquote bad in uh, immediately off the bat now if again if i could go back personally i would maybe lock down for max max couple weeks if even that and even then i would i would again that's still within the context of the system that we're within if we're talking outside a newly revamped system dare i say this could have been squashed without any type of lockdown without any type of um exploitation of any economic scenarios you name it now again it speaks to this idea of for example um people you know certain doctors that signed the great barrington declaration saying uh, for example if i'm not mistaken the lockdowns were going to do far more damage than the the uh you know than the uh isolation and the virus itself if you will you know i i gotta say um i i think back to trump when he said the cure cannot be worse than the problem itself um we looking back it speaks to this whole concept of the time old oh well it won't happen again as I say, if personally for me, um, I'm of the humble perspective. For those that want my take, I never would have done a lockdown myself. But again, within the context and the confines of the situation given two years ago, I would have done at most a couple of weeks, if if that, in terms of, you know, just to see what would happen if there was an isolationist component. But even then, I, I would still have ruffled with that quite heavily because I don't think any entity should tell an individual, um, in my personal opinion, when one can or cannot leave the home and we saw that arguably taken out of hand quite extensively so that's that's where i i personally stand right on yeah and for me it just goes back like goes down to uh the the whole narrative of the the lab leak theory and going for me we would be going back to all of the actual sources of information that we are being told that has been kind of categorically shown to be at the best misleading at worst an outright lie so uh but yeah that was all that we uh i wanted to keep it a little bit more brief but there we have it for our unleashing the kraken today on september 13th 2022 thank you so much dave for being here with me today we know the audience loves your uh you know you're the og gz so I appreciate it so much. And as I said at the beginning of this recording as well, um, stay tuned for what will be coming, not just to the show, but potentially to other things as well in the coming weeks. And thank you so much to Riel and to the audience, whether you watched visually or tuned in from an audio perspective. Thank you so much.